And we're back with another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And folks, uh, you know, not every week can be a Washington under the lights epic visit weekend, best ever in the history of Jim Harbaugh as the coach of the University of Michigan. But there's always something going on in Michigan recruiting. And there is no place better, no place more tied in, no place with deeper intel than the Michigan Insider. If you listen to this podcast, you know that. Uh, but if you aren't on the site, man, uh, you're still kind of missing out. If you aren't over on the MichiganInsider.com, just a dollar gets you in your first month over the MichiganInsider.com. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcast. That's on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Spotify or whatever their favorite platform is. And you get on there. You can hear from my guys, my fellas, my colleagues, and friends over the michiganinsider.com starting off first with steve lorenz steve how are you great guys hope you guys are doing well i'm doing well as always and bryce lover bryce marriage how you doing doing good but i i thought we were done with quarterback recruiting i thought that was you know that we talked about that for so many podcasts and now it's back you know yeah man only part of me is surprised so you're talking about justin martin we've talked about justin martin on this podcast inglewood california Cal commitment for a long time, visited Michigan in the summer and was one of those quarterbacks that, man, they just were like, man, this is a dude we like. We think he has a lot of potential. They really went on him hard, and he just was seemingly sticking with that Cal commitment. He was diehard Cal. You remember they doubled their efforts. You're you're the guy. You're the foundation for the class. We're building around you. He was very enamored with the idea of a more established Power Five, a bigger-time Power Five program. But the loyalty to the team that he was committed to kind of usurped that. But suddenly, Steve, he decommits. He's back in play, and he's saying, ah, he's thinking about visiting Michigan. Yeah, other suitors are still after him. It's kind of interesting. If Michigan does pursue here, it feels like they're about to or they're going to or at least thinking about it. A couple of the other suitors, UCLA, Ole Miss, Teams that are off to a pretty solid start to the season. Uh, UCLA with a home pull there. Ole Miss is a school that I think was pursuing him around even the same time that Michigan was. I think Ole Miss has always kind of been sneaking around a little bit there. And uh, their offense looks really good uh, to start the season. I, I can see why a quarterback would maybe be interested in in playing in Lane Kiffin's offense. So, I'm by the way, I'm totally with you, Sam. I'm not overly surprised here, uh, given that he's opened things back up that Michigan – is uh, showing interest again because he was right up there with Connor Harrell and um, who was the other guy? There was like a trio of guys. Oh, Nate Johnson. Uh, Right. You know, yeah. Like all around that. Remember that one (laughs) at the time we said it was one of those good problems and then it all kind (laughs) of just fell apart like within a few days time. Uh, But Martin was right up there with those guys. And so the fact that he's on the market again and, and, and actively looking around, uh, not surprised at all that Michigan is uh, at least reigniting that pursuit. He, I think, became the guy because while, you know, as far as production on the field is concerned, he didn't really have the numbers. Connor Harrell put up big numbers, right? Huge numbers. And that's that wasn't, if you look back at the statistics for Justin Martin, he didn't have it like that, but he looked like you want a quarterback to look, right? Just to the physical characteristics of a, of a big-time guy. He had an awesome workout. And so I think they were really enamored with him. 
he was so high on Michigan before he seemed to shut things down and stick with Cal. And while it seems likely that something would materialize just on a on the surface outside looking in, I'm not convinced that there is is going to be a rush on Michigan side. I think you know they obviously have a commitment from Jaden Denegal. He's coming in on a visit this weekend, uh, and so uh, you know I I think that. You know, there is attention that is being given to making sure that that is secure. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't court two quarterbacks in that class, but I think there is an order of operations at play for Michigan at the moment. I mean, when you think about it, uh, Justin Martin had the right of first refusal. They did go after Justin Martin first. So uh, definitely, though, I think they were enamored enough, impressed enough, intrigued enough for them to at least entertain the thought for them to at least look at it and look at it seriously but look at it seriously uh, as they make sure things are secure with the guy that's committed to the class the guy that you know basically committed on the spot so i would say this is one definitely worth watching not one where i would say it's inevitable but one where uh, because of how impressive he was during his summer visit and, you know, the the rapport they seem to develop over a very short period of time. I think this is something that where the iron will at least be kept hot. The iron will be in the fire a little bit and then you'll see where it goes. So w- worthy of watching. Keep your antenna up, but not ready to say, hey, this is about to happen kind of thing. So we'll keep our ear to the ground and let you know if anything changes on that front. And the other thing, too, like you said, with Michigan's current commit, uh, Denigal, there's no way Michigan's taken two with Dante Moore in the, in, in, the, in the wings in 2023. That would have probably dampened their chances with Moore in a big, big way. Uh, so what an interesting uh, scenario that's kind of popped up here, right? But Michigan's 3-0. and Momentum feels really good right now. A guy that we were pretty confident was, was higher on their board, right? At the top, if, if nobody was committed, this that Martin is higher on the board, that, that's how that's the name of the recruiting game. I mean, this is how it goes. And uh, if Michigan continues to win, you were probably going to see some other names pop up at different positions. You know, so maybe some bigger names, some higher ranked guys that uh, maybe if they're back, if they kind of reignite the interest of Michigan, Michigan's not going to say no. I mean, that's we see it every cycle with top programs, uh, you know, Guys want to play for winning teams. So Michigan starts winning games, and they have guys that were higher on their board that are interested. They're at least going to listen and and go from there with it. So uh, that's how I'd read this. Steve, you mentioned popping back up, popping back up on the radar. Bryce Deuce Spurlock. You thought we heard the last Duke Spurlock. Maybe maybe Steve didn't think we heard the last Deuce Spurlock. You still have your crystal ball on Michigan, don't you, Steve? Genius. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here. And um, that was, I think I even wrote at the time, it was more, I wanted to see where else his recruitment was going to go. We, to be fair, I mean, we did know Michigan was pretty high on him. They were. Um, The question really was if Lander Barton didn't work out, would they be just, would they just hold or would they kind of go back down? Again, and it look it looks more and more like they're obviously willing to give Spurlock another strong look. I think maybe I think we'd all agree the bigger question is will Spurlock give Michigan another opportunity to uh, 
you know, cause he was, I think he was on the verge of, yeah. of joining the class. Right. So, Absolutely. you know, will, will he <laughs> trust mission? Will will it work out this time for both parties, I guess would be the best way to put it. So yeah, probably not going to take that crystal ball off now, but I, I'm not going to act like, uh, you know, that I, you know, that's like predicting a guy to decommit and recommit again before he even commits the first time. I mean, that's just a little bit of luck stroke in there. So I'll take it. Yeah. So Bryce, I mean, Remember we talked about it. Grandma said she was getting her her winter coat or winter gear ready. I mean, what other northern school? He wasn't gonna go to what, what BC over Michigan. She was getting her winter coat ready for Michigan. Yeah, she might want to go back to Goodwill and uh, pick that up. Uh, <laughs> she might, you know. So, you know, the thing with this kid is they've seen him in person. They worked him out just like Justin Martin, and I think those live reps that got to see you know when when you get to see someone a person you really get to see how they move you get to see their height their weight especially with this new defensive staff we kind of know how important height and weight is for them and seeing that stuff up close and personal to see if that kid is really what they say they are and so i know they got to see that with deuce spurlock and steve back in i want to say it was july wrote an article very very intriguing because he said he talked to someone that vouched on Spurlock and said he's a legitimate power five linebacker, kind of like former Alabama linebacker, Reggie Ragland, who's a Huntsville native, you know, 10 minutes away from where he is, uh, Spurlock, you know, in uh, Madison. And uh, you hear a name like that, and you, you have to get excited. So I just think with Spurlock, it's one of those things of, um, I don't know if people remember the Ben Van summer in recruitment, kind of where, they didn't really court him, and then they kind of were like, you know what, we kind of like this kid, let's make a move on him, and the kid was kind of like, what took you so long, kind of with Spurlock, because at one point, a lot of people thought Spurlock was going to be in the class, and then you had people like Jeremy Penn, you had Sebastian Cheeks, and slowly but surely, the linebacker board started to fall apart. Next thing you know, Spurlock is... There's talks of Syracuse. There's talks of other schools now. And maybe he's not a factor anymore for Michigan. And does that turn him off? Apparently not if he's coming up for official visit this weekend. I like Michigan's chances a lot. I think on the joint, Steve, on that crystal ball train right there, I think they have made a great impression. I know George Hilo, he's been working the phones. He's been, that's a kid he's been really working on and stuff like that. He's got Alabama, Alabama, you know, ties, especially with Ashawn Larkins, you know, knows very familiar with that state. So I think Michigan right now looks good for him. And he's a plus athlete. And I know what his ranking says, but again, I think he's better than what his ranking is, like Damani Dent. And I think he's a guy that can really surge. And he's where they are to Sam with linebacker recruiting. I think he's a kid you can't pass up on either. Yeah, man, I, you make an interesting point because the, the comparison is obviously Aaron Alexander, right? Linebacker commitment out of Belleville, another kid they evaluated in person in camp, two camps, as a matter of fact. They saw him in the, at the Ferris State camp. We were there, and then they saw him uh, at the Michigan camp. I want to say it was a week or two later. The kid runs a 4 terrific athlete, but there's not much film of him defensively. He is... You know, he fancied himself as more of a running back uh, and is transitioning into linebacker. I know he's been banged up a little bit. But I, I think that if you want to highlight the differences, is Deuce Spurlock 
has game film, has game tape. And I think that you there there's a recognition that with Aaron Alexander, really, really great athlete, raw at the position, going to take some more nurturing, more of a projection, more of a guy that is going to take some time to nurture and develop, do Spurlock a little closer to being a guy who could contribute right now. If you're already looking at taking Jeremy Patton, which they were, uh, then you got room for a linebacker, and I think they made the assessment with Lander Barton. Lander Barton for them, and I think both of you guys would agree with this, It he's one of those guys that you just take whenever. You know, no matter who's el- who else is on the board. Now, I, I don't know what the rankings say about Lander Barton in that regard, but just based on the fervor with which Michigan rec- is recruiting him and the feeling, the vibe that is emanating from the class and, and from Ann Arbor about post-visit Lander Barton and Bryce, you'll, you know, I know you'll be able to speak uh, more on this in the coming weeks, uh, but they, it sounds like they're feeling pretty good. They're feeling better about where they stand with Lander Barton. I still think it's a bit of a long shot with all those Utah ties, but if he decides he wants to come in the 23rd hour, you take him. Odds are that you probably won't be in that position. Do you want to be left holding the bag without a linebacker that's a little closer to being ready to contribute like Deuce Spurlock is? I think that's why you've really seen this fire back up. They've scouted him, and he has the game film to go along with that scouting, guys. Yep. I mean, Barton's been the number one guy for them for pretty much since McDonald, the Hilo got to campus. I, I, I want to say he, they'd offered Michigan had already technically offered him before those guys arrived, but either way uh, he was number one. And we, you know, there's, there's guys like that at every position, every cycle, you know, there's always a couple guys that you find room for regardless of how else the board shakes out. And from Barton, from Barton, I don't anticipate a situation where he looks at, let's theoretically say an Alexander Spurlock combo at linebacker and, and think, well, they're, they're, they're too full at linebacker. I don't think I'll commit to Michigan. You know, I, I don't think he'll be deterred by a second guy in the class. So, and <clears throat> Michigan's young linebackers have kind of shown out so far this year too. Uh, so there's room there, you know, it was a room that we thought needed some rebuilding, but I actually think quietly, could be a position where they could take a couple guys that might take a little bit longer to develop this year. You know, you got Junior Colson is showing out as a first year. Nikai Hill Green is a second year guy, really a redshirt freshman. Um, you know, it's not the dire position that maybe we thought uh, the spot would be heading into the season. You know, I mean, both of the current guys have gotten opportunities and have taken advantage of it. So, not to mention the other thing, and and I know we've you know you guys have done a great job covering the amount of guys they're in on twenty three. Uh, there's a ton of elite linebackers. I mean, Bryce, you just went and saw Raylan Wilson, uh, Troy Bowles, um, geez, uh, Jaden Osbury, Tackett Curtis. I mean, there's a lot of like really good linebackers. They're in on the 23 cl- uh, cycle as well. So, you know, it could be a position where maybe 22, they take a couple guys that are, are plus plus athletes, but might just take a little bit longer and then uh, shoot for the moon in 23. Yeah. We'll see how it goes guys uh, but you know you you see things shake free we've had a lot of focus for instance on Damani Jackson you know USC season off to a start where they fire the head coach they went out and they get a win like wow I was a little surprised by that they get a commitment too from Ephesians Prysock a corner that Michigan had been recruiting I guess that was a little surprising but not surprising to see them get decommits 
And one in particular, so Gerard Martinez, who does a great job over on the USC site, mentioned USC running back commit DeAnthony Gatson backed out of his commitment, and he immediately pointed to Michigan as a school likely to get an official visit soon, guys. And so uh, maybe not the, the domino that, we were looking to to fall. I mean, I think we are all, all eyes are on Damani Jackson, but Damani might have some company, especially when it comes to interest in Michigan. So Michigan offered him on March 18th. I can't remember when. I, that was a little bit after Hart got to campus. But one thing we've noticed with Mike Hart uh, doesn't have a really super expansive board. He it feels like he keeps a relatively compact board of guys that he really likes. Um, you know, before CJ Stokes committed, there were probably, I think six or seven guys, uh, that he really offered and pursued. And then Gatson was one of them and was a guy, I don't know if any of us ever talked to him. I know Martinez mentioned in this decommitment piece that Gatson's not big into their whole recruiting deal. So I'm not even sure how many reporters or how much he's ever really talked about his recruitment, Uh, but we do know he's somebody that Michigan likes and liked. Uh, early on so kind of yeah kind of a guy that we really haven't talked much about at all I just kind of looked up uh, he plays for uh, Newton High School in Covington Georgia which is a big time a huge program one of those uh, like 6A I don't know how Georgia does their divisions in high school but it's like one of those 6A like programs or whatever uh, plays some of the bigger programs in the state and the the greater Atlanta area Uh, week one he had 325 yards and four touchdowns um, so, you know, we talking about guys, senior film being more valuable than it normally is. Michigan already liked him to begin with. I took a look at it. Uh, I can see why Mike Hart likes him. He's got a good all around ability. Uh, got some nice speed though, as well. So yeah, probably a name we're going to be talking a little bit more about. Uh, it's really kind of the bigger question for me was who else is going to go after him. It looked like Texas was a school that had pursued him pretty heavily before he committed to USC. So maybe they're a name to watch, but, um, I suspect that Michigan was recruiting him harder than maybe we realized just because the kid's not a very vocal person about his recruitment. So uh, definitely a name to keep an eye on going forward for them. Yeah, man, it'll be interesting to see how much love, attention, uh, sort of renewed kind of vigor some past targets might have for Michigan when it comes to how they started the season. I mean, I know – uh, you know, there there are teams that have more impressive victories, but just when you think about what people were saying about Michigan, I didn't have Michigan pick to beat Washington in a preseason. I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was very likely that they enter the Big Ten schedule two and one with, uh, you know, probably not favored in the Wisconsin game, the Penn State game, the Indiana game, the Ohio State game. Now you look at it, and that's not to say that they're going to go and beat all of those teams, but Michigan looking better than Indiana right now. I think Michigan has looked better than Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, I definitely got to think you, you got to give some credit to Michigan State, but point being, with the way Michigan has played, they are thought to be one of the better teams in the Big Ten, and you got to believe that that – you guys think that impacts recruiting, that Michigan is doing well on the, on the field, that that might – help you know entice some recruits i think it it seems reasonable to me that that would be the case i mean 
Michigan leads the nation in rushing with 350 yards right now in three weeks. So any running back is obviously going to be very intrigued with what, what Michigan's doing up front. And, you know, the other interesting point, what I we kind of learned about this news that Martinez posted on our board, Michigan's already got a running back commit in C.J. Stokes. But they've always been kind of looking for a second running back in this class. If you guys remember, they had George Petaway up there on campus when C.J. Stokes was that same weekend. So it's not like, you know, this is a, oh, my gosh, they're taking a second one, kind of like a Justin Martin thing of, could that kind of affect C.J. Stokes' status? I don't think that's going to do anything at all. This is the guy that I kind of slowly but surely but quietly even been courting, been tracking, someone they've been monitoring. And like Steve said, I mean, that first week, those are huge numbers. He's playing against good competition as well. And I think they want a second running back in this class. And especially you got to look at the future too. How long is Blake Corum going to stay at Michigan? I mean, we're talking about – that's probably something we didn't even enter in the season thinking about how long is he going to stay now? He could go pro after a year or so. He might not stay all four years. So they have to build that, you know, that running back room up with the possibility too of, I, I know I'm jumping the gun here, but Donovan Edwards, he looks great too. Who knows if he's going to stay four years. So you've got to have the horses in the stable when that time comes as well. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to add real quick, Sam, Four, four scholarship backs on the roster with Charbonnet leaving, right? I think, there, I, think from, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made going into the cycle was thinking they got Corum in 20. They got Edwards last cycle. They have Haskins. That running back wasn't that huge of a need. Well, and they got Dunlap mm-hmm. with Edwards, who also I think Michigan thought was one of the better backs in the cycle for sure. It's like there's this idea that well they've recruited it so well the last few cycles it's really not that big a need. You got to have more than like four scholarship backs on your roster year in and year out. Particularly like like Bryce said, if you have a guy, especially now with the, even with Corum's emergence makes it even more of a need uh, that they need to kind of fill that room up and uh, you know and keep the keep the stable uh, full because you know that's a spot where you're always quietly an injury away from from being like losing a lot of depth. So, yeah, man, uh, you're, you're right. Perspective. And I think Bryce, you bring some, some great perspective on it too. That boy, Blake Quorum has been amazing. Uh, I mean, it's watching some of the plays, uh, breaking it down with, uh, with Devin Gardner and Al Borges. And there was, <laughs> I mean, he, he beat a corner blitz by himself in the last game. They left the defensive end unblocked on his, on his touchdown run down the, down the sideline going to the north end zone. It's like literally it, it was almost as if the coach said, hey, that's your we're going to leave this defensive end unblocked and we aren't going to read him, but we just know you're going to beat him. Now, I don't know if that's what happened. <laughs> it could have just been a bust, but he made it right. That dude is just on a different level right now. And while that is probably appealing to running backs, if you're a coach, you you might be looking at it like, by hey, let's enjoy this dude while we have him. <laughs> See? He might not be here uh, that long, but I I do want to pay some attention to a couple of to a few 2023s before uh, we turn our attention to a big basketball recruiting weekend. That's right, we're going to throw you a little few basketball nuggets before we get out of here. Uh, but Bryce, I know you were out and about. You saw Raylan Wilson, as as Steve said. Then you saw you went out and saw the Montgomerys, 
And I saw a kid who is, uh, I mean, bona fide, certified, unadulterated, whatever word, descriptive word you want to come up with to put it in front of freak. You can say that for a kid named Nicholas Harbor. We'll talk about Nicholas Harbor here shortly. But Bryce, I want you to run back through your recent travels in the 2023s you've seen. So let's start off with uh, Raylan Wilson from the Jacksonville, Florida area, more, I guess, Tallahassee, Florida area. Um, and Sam, I mean, I thought I was watching a Devin Bush clone. I mean, he looks like him. He plays like him. He played against Bartram Trails when I went to go see him two weeks ago. Um, and he just flies all over the ball. Not the biggest dude, but he can go sideline to sideline, hard hitter. You know his presence is felt. His team actually came back. They're down 31 to 14 in the fourth quarter. They won 37 to 31 against Bartram Trails, Micah Pollard's team. And uh he was one of the main reasons why. He even played special teams and he took a kickoff almost back to the house. And I got the highlights up there on the Michigan Insider YouTube page. So I advise people to check out our YouTube page and see some of the videos we got going on there too. But uh he's a special kid. George Hilo, Jim Harbaugh even, a lot of people he told me Michigan was the first school to hit him up when midnight struck on September 1st when they could directly contact, you know, junior prospects. And he said he's definitely feeling love. And he said he told me before the trip ended, he said, just just watch one second. Just, just wait how I feel about Michigan. I'll tell you in a couple of days how I really feel. Well, he did because he posted a top five. And you know, when you're looking at that top five, Michigan's in that top five. But what's more surprising, Sam, I think that's when you're going to know no Florida schools. You don't see Florida. You don't see Florida State. You don't see Miami. So I think Michigan has a legit shot at this kid, and he will be coming up for an unofficial visit for the Northwestern game. I think things look good for him right now. Yeah. You know, Bryce, you've had some adventures going out to these games, man. You get wildfires at one. You go to see another kid, and he is just sick as all get out and, and play anyway. That's just he wasn't feeling good. He that's was not feeling good. Yeah, that's that's just boy. But you you, you weather through it. So uh, my latest travels took me to Washington D.C. I had to go see this kid for myself, Nicholas Harbor. We've given you the stats. Uh, you know, six six five, two hundred thirty pounds or two twenty five. Uh, and 10, 3, 8, 100 meter, 21, 3, 6, 200 meter. I put those stats on Twitter, and people were like, oh, that's odd. You're making that up. I, just, I, I won't believe it unless I see it myself. I Man, check any of the reputable track sites. One person came back and said, yeah, I found another track time. 10, 3, 1. 10, 3, 1 for this kid. And that was as a sophomore in high school. So I've got to go see this kid. So I flew down last Thursday. So I go to his practice. His practice is rained out. And so they turned the the practice or the walkthrough into a film session. And, man, I mean, some kids you got to see on the field for them to register how impressive they are physically. Not this dude. Like, you see him in just, you know, regular school clothes. Like, that dude is a different human being he, he's all of 6'5 all of of 230 I saw him on the field the next day 
And he can really move. It wasn't a game that was very eventful for him. He did have a block punt that he returned for a touchdown, but they were already up like 35 to nothing at that point. I mean, the game was way out of hand. Uh, he had one catch in the game. Uh, I think he had a couple tackles and six or seven hurries. Uh, but it, it wasn't one of those one of those games where you see a bunch of highlights that let you know just how good an athlete this kid is. But you watch him move around. You look at his track times, and you know he's he is freakishly good. Now, he, the thing that I found most interesting, like we think about him, at least I was thinking about him as a as a defensive end linebacker hybrid Isaiah Simmons type that could you know play in the secondary if you wanted wanted him to on certain snaps. He does some of that, uh, and I think he's open to that. But if if I had to give you my honest impression. I would say I think he identifies himself more as an offensive guy, more as a wide receiver, tight end, Kyle Pitts type. Uh, he mentioned Kyle Pitts and Megatron as two of the guys, right, that he's like, that's who I see myself as. I'm I'm one of them. Like, All right, I'm sure every coach would give you the opportunity to do that, but I think he could he could be an impact player, a dominant player on, on either side. I think that maybe there, from a receiver standpoint, there will be more polish uh, to to gain on that side than on defense. But either way, I think he is in line and has a good chance to be a, a dominant, freakish, first-round draft pick type of player. He is the most impressive athlete, uh, most impressive recruit that I've covered since the kid that was at Notre Dame, that the linebacker who broke his broke his foot, who plays for the Cowboys now. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. I yeah. went to a camp. I watched Jalen Smith play defensive end, linebacker, and safety at that camp and dominate all three positions. It was the freakish, freakiest thing I had seen until this guy. This guy is an even better athlete. Now, that doesn't mean he's a better football player. And I still need to see him more. Before I, you know, sort of give you the football player gauge. But as a pure athlete, different level dude. Michigan clearly in in very good shape early. He said Michigan was one of the schools he always hoped would offer him. His mom is from Detroit. His track coach is a is Michigan through and through, is a Wolverine. Um, you know, I was in the school. I swear to God, guys, I had no idea. So I'm looking around, and the coach says, we want you to meet our AD. And the dude walks in, and I swear I recognize him. I was like, I know this guy. I know this guy. But he had the mask on, so you can't really recognize for sure who the dude is. And he pulls the mask down to see our, a- our AD is Mr. Ellerby. I said, Brian Ellerby is your AD? Brian Ellerby, former Michigan basketball coach, is the AD at Archbishop Carroll. Still, despite the circumstances of his departure, still is has an affinity for Michigan. Uh, you know, the the for what it is is a as an academic institution, for what it is when it comes to athletics, what it can be for student athletes. So I think they have an advocate. And Brian Ellerby there. I mean, the the coach even, the head coach even has some some ties uh, to Michigan's roster as well. So they have some ends. Uh, now, so does Penn State. Penn State 
His sister is a Penn State grad uh, and is pushing Penn State hard. And he went to the whiteout and they won that game, surprisingly to me, because James Franklin was talking to making it very clear he's interested in that SC job. I thought for sure that'd be a distraction. Credit to him. He was able to get his team focused. They won that game. Fantastic environment. I say that to say this is going to be a hotly contested recruitment, but one that Michigan is very much in, and you can look for all kinds of material on Nicholas Harbor in the coming days on the MichiganInsider.com. But, guys, I mean, that's a dude. I, I just – you know, you, you have wild moments with prospects when you see him physically, and he's a wild guy. He is absolutely a wild guy. Definitely lives up to the billing for what kind of athlete he is on paper. He's that kind of athlete in person. I I mean, he was a wild athlete for me when I watched him running on YouTube at 12 year, his 12-year-old like track times. It's like he's running a sub-22 at like 12 years old or something. It's like just insanity um you know to the point to the to the extent that you know when you tweeted out his stats it was like i i'm not surprised that people wouldn't believe it because some of the numbers are so outrageous uh i mean that 10 three ones at what 200 plus for sure right i mean what's he at 225 right now um just i mean that's what you said he compares himself to kyle pitts and, and megatron he's almost as fast as megat i think megatron was what Four three eight or something like that. Right? But, I mean, it's like yeah. he's athletically, he's like he's he's um, a peer at least, you know. So, uh, I mean, these are the kind of guys that make it fun uh, to kind of cover and watch because this is a guy. I, I, there's just coaches probably just dream of guys that that can have that size, that speed, uh, just that raw athleticism like that, and a guy who appears to want to pursue the football angle when he probably could go the track route, I assume, or at least um, entertain that idea. So, yeah, I mean, tight end is just, I mean, I, Jay Harbaugh would be salivating over the possibility of coaching a guy like that, you know, any tight end coach in the country would, you know, but um, you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's crazy. It's going to, that's going to be a really uh, fun just it's going to be fun to watch a kid like that develop as a player, honestly, uh, regardless of where he ends up going. Right. And Brian Ellerby wants everyone to know that he, uh, you know, he could have had Jamal Crawford, Lavelle Blanchard, and Jason Richardson in that class. He said, I had a commitment from Jason Richardson, but he said, I, he, he said, well, you know, I, I just didn't, I don't know that he, we could get him through. Here we go with admissions again. <laughs> Here we go with admissions. So I don't think I couldn't get him through admissions. I don't think it, you know. So he went to Michigan State. That's Brian Ellerby's take, and he said uh, he said he wanted Brent Darby, Brent Darby who went to Ohio State. He was going to have Brent Darby and Jason Richardson, but Brent Darby, um, you know, in order to get Brent Darby, that he was going to have to hire Lamonte Stone, Stone who went on to work at Eastern before eventually getting a job at Ohio State. I do know Stone. I know Stone very well. I know Stone always wanted to work for Michigan, but I have not talked to Stone to verify that story. I'm just giving you Brian Ellerby's take. So he said, tell the people what really happened back in the day. So there you go. There you go for Brian Ellerby. We need, but that's a nice segue to close out this podcast. We're going to give you a few basketball nuggets. On the other side is this is a big visit weekend for Michigan 
on the hardwood side of things. So we'll get to that on the other side and close things out on the latest edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, fellas, I mentioned that this is a big weekend for basketball recruiting. They're going to have Terrace Reed in, the four-star. Well, he, he rose in the rankings. You wrote about this, I think, Steve, how how he shot up in the rankings here recently. It was inevitable with the kind of summer he had. Man, he... He was just killing all over the place. Uh, and you knew he was going to get a bump. And I think he's in the top 40 now. Is that right, Steve? 42nd over. I think he's 42nd overall. He moved up 37 spots. 37 if, I, spots. if my memory serves me correctly, I believe he was 79th and moved up to 42nd. So top 50. But, yeah, well-deserved. He had a great summer. So Yeah, he was a guy who showed you – uh, not only ability in the paint in the post area, but he flashed the ability away from the basket. Very, very active guy and a different kind of big, as his coach laid out, a different kind of big than than Hunter Dickinson. And I, I think to have that that kind of versatility, that kind of four or five versatility is something that they, you know, that they covet. I mean, you get that with Musa Giabate, right? So you got another guy. Uh, who brings you some of that versatility. But what makes this a big visit weekend is that Yohan, not Johan, I was calling the man Johan Treor. His name is Yohan. And as I said recently, uh, Yohan, you think it's fitting that a Yohan would play for a Jawan, right? But Yohan Treor, uh, you talk about a kid who maybe had an even you know, more surprisingly impressive summer than, than Terrace Reed. It was Jawan Treor. He was fantastic all summer. Just every tournament he was in, he balled out. And I saw him down at the NBA Players Association Top 100 camp. He was he was on a team with Jed Howard. <laughs> and I mean, Tim McCormick swears that he didn't make that happen. It was because the team it was it was Doug McDaniel, it was Jed Howard, Jawan Treor was on that team and a bunch of other guys. And it just was happenstance. But Michigan paused on Yuan Treor for a while. And then suddenly after that camp, they offered. Now, you did have on the first day of the camp, Saudi Washington. Um, you know, Howard Isley was there. And then, of, of course, Phil Martelli, you know, the veteran was there so all three assistants were there and they saw him do it all i mean he ran the floor super active no one had a a higher motor than him running around in the paint he bothered shots he even stepped out 
and took a three. He took one of them uh, and he hit it. Uh, but it was more what he did as a, as a face-up guy, putting it on deck for a few dribbles that let me know watching him. And he could play with Terrace Reed. They could, they could be complimentary pieces. I think the coaches came back saying the same thing. But bigger, as big if not bigger, was I bet you, my gut tells me, Jet Howard came back saying the same thing. He said, Pops, Dad, hey, bro, <laughs> this dude can help us, Dad. <laughs> we we need to stop. Let's stop waiting. Let's go ahead and, and offer Yawan a scholarship. So they did. And now Yawan Treor is coming in on this visit. And he's coming in the same weekend as Terrace Reed. There was a lot of talk, chatter, questions about, hey, would it would one affect the other? Would would Yawan look seriously at Michigan if if they had Terrace Reed already in the fold, which they do. Would Terrace Reed be put off by them recruiting a, another big in the class? They aren't hiding a hand at all. They are bringing both kids in at the same time, and they're saying, we think you guys can roll together and be part of the post moving forward. I'm, I'm one, and I told Tim this, because Tim was like, I just don't know that they're going to have space. Guys, I think in this day and age of recruiting, football, basketball, or otherwise, you recruit the pieces and you see where the chips fall within reason. Like you aren't gonna, you aren't gonna recruit, you know, forty-seven guys when you only got thirteen roster spots. So within reason. But if you know you feel like you're short a scholarship or two, I think you keep recruiting guys because with the transfer portal and guys leaving early for the draft, I just. I just think things have a, a way of working themselves out, Steve. Yeah, I watched Treyard, his, his film as we were speaking. Um, great handles for a big guy. Looks crisp down low. Didn't see a lot of, of the defensive clips, but, um, I mean, so you talk about a guy that's risen, like you said, uh, 94th, uh, his initial ranking was 94th on 24-7. He's all the way up to 10th overall in the country. I mean, just – for maybe people that don't, that's a massive leap in basket for basketball recruiting. Um, football recruiting, you do see more fluctuation. There's more recruits, uh, more you know whatever. Basketball, that's a big leap, uh, particularly when more often than not, the top top guys in basketball, it's usually relatively solid. I mean, there are guys, there are movers every year, but it's harder to kind of crack into that like top fifteen, top twenty spot uh, in the basketball side of things. So for him to make a leap that far is incredibly impressive and uh but no no reason for michigan not to go after uh a, I mean, he's a five-star talent then you know he's sent in the country you don't you don't not recruit a five-star guy if he's interested in you um and whether he and reed can play together i'll be honest i don't know enough about both of their games to to know if it would work or not but i also know they'd like reed enough to it they they must have some they must have an angle ready to pitch to these guys, to show them how they believe they can play together. Um, and, and you can never, we know you can never have enough post presence uh, in college basketball. So uh, feels like his recruitment's wide open though. Well, uh, is that so right? Check it, check it out. Check it out. Check this out. Like, All right. So Juwan Howard played with Chris Weber. Juwan Howard played with Chris Weber. Now I'm hearing, I, I, I just hearing this was the word a while ago. I got to keep checking on it to, to be sure. 
But I heard that that Chris Webber is going to be in town this weekend. I just I just heard through the grapevine that C. Webb might be in the house. It might be around Ann Arbor. So, I mean, you got walking living proof right here. Two bigs that played together, that peacefully coexisted, that thrived together, are still brothers to this day. You might even be able to see it here in person. So, I, hey, man, this this one to me, and by the Tim in this mix, I mean Tim McCormick. Tim was saying, hey, man, I just don't know that, that there are enough spots. And I just, I get it. To, I get where Tim is coming from. That's my guy. That's my man. He does a great job. On the Michigan Basketball Insider, we're actually recording an episode tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. But I just think in recruiting these days, dude, you you have got to recruit over your number. You have got to over-recruit your roster because it's inevitable you're going to lose some guys. So and not not and I don't just mean Hunter Dickinson to the draft. It's amazing that no one transferred from this roster. Don't expect that to be the norm. That's like you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Guys are going to transfer from every roster, right? So I think you got to anticipate that and and recruit guys that, especially five-star guys that are interested in you, and then you see where the where the chips fall. And Steve, you mentioned that he, you know, he has handles. I thought it was part of his evolution to, to show that he could play facing the basket. Come to find out, talking to people in his circle, that he's a guy who was – you know, he was a guard in his formative years, and then he, had, you know, sort of growth spurted into being a front court guy. So he has, you know, preserved some of those backcourt skills that are coming to the fore for him again. And we'll see where things go. I, I really, I honestly couldn't tell you who the favorite for that guy is. Uh, and I think that makes Michigan even more of a player in this race because Juwan Howard has shown that he can, he's a closer. He's a closer, and we'll see what kind of job he can do on this young man. I want to close things out with Bryce. You know, a guy that a basketball guy that a lot of people ask about is he plays basketball in my neck of the woods, or from you know, neck of the woods of my hometown. He's from Saginaw, but plays at Grand Blank, Ty Rogers. And at one point, Michigan was thought to be the favorite for Ty Rogers. You may have even put in a crystal ball, just not really looking like the Ty Rogers train is going to going to be pulling into station at uh, at Michigan anymore. So I did put a crystal ball in, but when I put it in, he was taking an official visit to Michigan that first weekend. Um, and a lot of people, ex- they kind of expected that there might be some news. There's some, you know, noise of, Hey, he might drop for Michigan. I know, his coach, Mike Thomas, he definitely has a good relationship with Jawan. I posted a piece on that. Um, his family, they're very much Michigan fans. They've been like Michigan quite a bit. But there was con- some concerns, you know. And so I know all their schools have made strong pushes, one being Illinois. He just took an official visit there, had a really good time in Champaign. And I mean, now, Sam, he's having some big heavy hitters coming after him, like Memphis is coming after him. Michigan State, he's Michigan State's making a big push. Alabama is another school making a big push for him as well. So several schools are looking at him. Several schools are still making the full court press at him. Michigan hasn't given up. They had Sutton Washington stop by his school, kind of check on him sort of thing. But I think the big thing is I think for him, 
and I don't think he said this, but this is just my opinion, is where would he fit in terms of Michigan and where position-wise and also minutes? Where would he see himself? And I think that's something, a hurdle that Michigan hasn't been able to climb, and I don't know if they will be able to climb. And I think that's the thing, too, is Michigan wants him. He's a great player. He's probably one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. I mean, he locked up Amani Bates. Anyone you put him on, he's going to lock up. Offensively, he's still working on that part of his game. I think there's a lot of um, factors and aspects where I could see him thrive and excel, but there's still he's still tweaking, still re, you know redefining those tools in his arsenal. But when it comes to Michigan and Ty Rogers, I think it's one of those things where he wants to know he's going to see the court and he's also going to play quite a bit of minutes and it's not going to interfere with the other pieces that Michigan's potentially has got coming as well. Yeah, man, I think you're spot on. I think it's a Jet Howard thing. It's my opinion. Again, that's not anything he said or anything anyone in the circle have said. I want to make that clear, but I think that this is – who doesn't have – we all have crystal balls for Jet Howard to Michigan, right? Don't we? Not me. Not quite. No, I've been – you know, I'm just waiting. <laughs> just not quite 100% sure yet here. I think for I think for a year uh, in the VIP chats, I've just not put in a crystal ball for Jet Howard so that when somebody asks me who my next crystal ball is going to be, I just continually say 2022 guard forward Jet Howard. So, um <laughs> I will see. I might get around to that soon. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Well, you know what would be interesting in closing? One of the photos you took was of Greg Glenn. You know, there, uh, you know, wing player from down in Florida. Long time, long. I mean, he's like a member of their family. Um, you know, Michigan was thought to be the favorite for a long time. Kind of felt like, from a space perspective, uh, with the other, you know, sort of wings they would have in the class, that uh, there may not be room for him. Uh, because they're so wing heavy on this roster, it's different to me at that position than with Bigs. But that one uh, is now looking more like that one could go uh, in Michigan's favor. But we will have more on all of that in the coming days and weeks over on the MichiganInsider.com. If you are not a member, I am telling you, what you get on this podcast is just a snippet. It's like an appetizer for what you get when you're a member over on the MichiganInsider.com. Intel, every day, great stories, insight every day, uh, great message board as well with with quality intel that that we dish. And some of the, you know, some of the posters even dish good intel from time to time too. So definitely worth the dollar that gets you in the door over at the MichiganInsider.com. If you haven't signed up, get signed up now. Of course, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, you know, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Uh, be sure to click that like button. Whatever you do, wherever you get this podcast, show your love for it. Help it continue to grow and tell your friends about it as well. They can find it wherever they get their podcast. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. They can find it. And you can find us right back here next week on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.